A recent Pew Research Center survey found that 59% of U.S. adult social media users said it would not be hard to stop using social media sites like Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. 29% said it would not be hard at all to give up social media. But just because people can give up social media doesn't mean that they will. In fact, social media usage has steadily risen since Mark Zuckerberg founded the Facebook in 2004. Today, nearly 7 out of 10 of all U.S. adults use at least one social media site. That's nearly 181.5 million people. Some of these people live in your area. Some might even need the services your practice offers. You have the ability to drive these patients to your practice when you add social media to your online strategy. Want to know more? Well, then listen up, because today's podcast is all about social media for doctors. Hello, and welcome to the Practice Growth Podcast, the doctor's resource for marketing and managing a thriving healthcare practice. I'm Jessica Nyer. Joining me today to talk about social media best practices is Claire Webb, Patient Pop's Senior Manager of Content Strategy and Operations. Claire has more than seven years of experience working in social media and content marketing. At Patient Pop, she manages a team that produces tens of thousands of social media and blog posts on behalf of healthcare practices each month. Claire, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So let me ask you a question. So I know a lot of people use social media for personal reasons, but what are the benefits of using social media for business purposes? So I think one of the biggest benefits is just using social media to increase your brand awareness and visibility online. Uh, We know that 90% of small businesses say that social media marketing increased exposure for their business, which is, you know, how you ultimately get new patients and new customers. Also, 94% of patients say that brand reputation is crucial when they're choosing a practice or a doctor um, who they're going to see. I think it's also a really helpful tool to help you become more of an industry thought leader within your specialty. And you can also, you know, express your creativity a little bit and, you know, tell people what your brand is about and what your practice is about, which, um, you know, helps them connect more. So I know you work with a lot of providers. What are the top concerns you hear from them about social media and how do you help ease these concerns? I think one of the biggest concerns I hear is just that they don't have time to create content or create an editorial calendar and really just, you know, get the posts up, which totally makes sense. You know, they're they're running their business, they're focusing on patients um, and, you know, creating content and managing your social media channels can, you know, can be a full time job. Another thing that they find is concerning is that they just don't know what to write about or don't know what to create content about. So what I say to them is, you know, it's all about really taking time to set up an editorial calendar and then figuring out how you can consistently post content that's engaging to your patients as well as, you know, markets your services. So I'm sure a lot of healthcare providers don't know this or everyone listening, and I certainly don't know, but what's an editorial calendar and what should doctors be creating on their own that they don't necessarily have time for? Yeah. So an editorial calendar is really just, you know, it's a plan usually month by month, um, or you could do it, you know, sort of like three month sprints like we do for our clients. But it's basically just a plan of what you're going to post and looking at, you know, current events or, or holidays coming up or just anything that's, you know, related to your specialty. Like, for example, if you're an urgent care facility or a family practice and you get flu shots, like when it, you know, flu season's coming up, you might want to start talking about 
um, or sharing content of like helpful tips of where to get a flu shot, including at your practice or, you know, things that are going to be relevant and helpful and educational for patients that tie into the services you offer. So there are a lot of social media sites out there. I know the ones I use, but that might not necessarily be what's most useful for doctors. So how do you determine which social media platforms you should post on on behalf of a provider? So I think something that any any good strategist will tell you, and it's sort of a simple answer, but you should choose plat- platforms that you can effectively manage and stay consistent with. So, you know, it's better to post on one platform really well than do five, you know, sort of off and on and kind of poorly. The second would be to really think about who your audience is and then go where that demographic is. Like, for example, we know that most Instagram users are under 35 and they're probably more heavily female than male. So if you are, you know, an OBGYN and you're marketing to new moms or, you know, you want to gain more patience in that demographic, then maybe posting on Instagram is something that you should do. Obviously, I would say Facebook is great for all businesses. I mean, as of 2018, they have over 2 billion active users and two thirds of adults in the U.S. use this platform. So I think any small business should be using Facebook to to market themselves and to post content. What about the younger millennial generation? How do you target them? Again, I think Facebook and Instagram are two great ways to do that. We know, you know, millennials, I think they use social platforms almost daily, um, mostly on their mobile device. Twitter can also be a great way, although Twitter's it's sort of an interesting platform. It's a great way to share sort of more news oriented or timely content. Um, and we've seen, you know, people do better on Twitter if they're posting multiple times a day. But as a small business, I think, you know, platforms like Facebook and even Google Plus, um, we've seen data that indicates posting relevant content regularly. And it can be the same post you're posting on Facebook can help support your SEO strategy. So I think, again, it comes down to sort of Facebook, Twitter, um, Google Plus, and then Instagram if you can. What about Snapchat? It's something I hear a lot about but I know nothing about it, don't use it, and I don't know if doctors should either. What do you think? I haven't seen a lot of uh, doctors using it successfully. I feel like Instagram is really the place that they're they're going. I mean, Snapchat is really a, a platform that's built for spontaneous content creation and, and, you know, live videos. So it's much more interactive that way. I think if, if you're feeling creative, and you feel like you want to tackle it, and you find that, you think there's an audience there? I think that's great. But I would, if a doctor came to me and wanted to do Snapchat, I would say, I'd probably say Instagram instead. Right. Makes sense. Okay. So let's say a doctor has chosen their social media platform. Let's say it's Instagram and Facebook. What's the first thing they should do to get started? And what are some of the best practices? Yeah. So I think one of the first things they should do is really take time to set up their profiles. I know it sounds simple, but taking the time to, you know, get a professional image. If you haven't had a headshot taken, like maybe get one of those. Take time to fill out the business description information. This is something we do for every customer that we manage social media content for. We want to make sure that their profiles are set up correctly because there is evidence that Google actually will crawl social media profiles for information. So you want those like citations to be accurate. The second thing, again, would be to create an editorial calendar. Um, So really just think about, you know, maybe what are are the five things that you want to market or be known for, either in your geographical area or within your specialty. You know, it doesn't have to be a long list of things. You can really just distill it down to, I want to be known for these few things. I would also say start creating posts with compelling visuals. So the more original images or video or even stock images you can get to pair with your posts would be great. 
Another thing I tell practices is follow the 80-20 rule. This is pretty commonplace in content marketing. Um, And that means you want to spend, you want 80% of your content to really be focused on educational, informational, or, you know, entertaining content for your audience. And then 20% should be really focused on marketing you and talking about your services. So it might sound counterintuitive because you're trying to market yourself, but you really want to make sure that it's, you know, you're creating content for your customer to draw them in. Great. So let's say a doctor has set up their social media platforms. Uh, They got everything under control. I know the biggest thing with social media is how many followers you have at the end of the day. So how does a doctor grow their social media following? Yeah, so there's there's two main ways to grow your social media following. And I will say, too, that I know people are really focused on just the number of followers. But another thing to focus on is just the number of engaged followers um, that you have. You know, it's better to have more engaged followers than just followers in general. But there's two ways to do this. One would be with an organic strategy. So that would maybe consist of, you know, going on, say, Facebook and looking for local influencers, other people you do business with, or maybe your local like chamber of commerce, connecting with them, following with them, following them, liking their content um, and interacting with stuff that they're posting. Another great way is when you're posting content, say you're posting a, you know, a procedure or a testimonial video to tag the patient who's in that video obviously with their permission, but the more you can, you know, mention and engage your patients, the more, you know, followers you can, you can expect. The second way to do this, um, which is a really effective way, and I think it's for most people, this is the way to go as well, would be to look into boosting and ads. Facebook is a really great platform for this. um, And with these tools, you can quickly get your content in front of more customers and actually target a specific demographic. So that's a really good way to get your content in front of more people and and garner followers that way. Great. So I know, for example, Google's changing their algorithms constantly, which affects the way your website shows up on different search engines. But I know Facebook is frequently changing their algorithms too, and so are other social media sites. What's the best way for doctors to stay atop of these changes? And how can they adapt their social media strategies to make sure their followers see the content they're, see- they're actually saying? Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, I mean, obviously, this can be a, a full-time job <laughs> as well. But I think some of the biggest you know, trends we're seeing is just the activity increasing on mobile devices. So making your content you know, short and snackable and easy for people to read on a mobile device is great. There's also always going to be more of an emphasis on visual content. Facebook is optimizing even more for videos um, with their latest algorithm change. I think, I mean, I think some of the best ways if you really want to optimize your strategy is to follow industry publications and, you know, reputable sites that do this. Um, But I think hiring, you know, either an agency or a content manager or a service to help you manage this is going to be the best way to go for most most practices, because then you can rely on someone who's keeping track of these things and can help help optimize your strategy over time. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the more you talk, I'm realizing this really is a science, and it's not something a doctor can just tweet something in their free time and be good to go. No, you and I think strategy. Yeah, no, and I think the biggest, you know, and the biggest thing also that doctors are worried about is just, um, you know, spending time on this and then not seeing the results, which I think is, you know, is definitely a concern because yeah. anytime you're putting effort into something like this, you want to, you know, you want to see some results out of it. Sure. So speaking of results, the best results come when you really engage your followers. I know it's a little different in healthcare because you're engaging patients 
and not everyone in general and potential patients. So do you have any best practices for doctors on how to engage those people? Yeah, I think some of the things you can do, I mean, always asking questions of your followers or your patients, and they don't need to be really personal questions, but just, you know, maybe like, hey, are you, have you gotten your flu shot? Or are you planning to, or, you know, how do you feel about, uh, about this medical trend or something, or this, you know, healthy eating trend, but definitely asking questions from them to solicit responses and then responding to those comments or queries is a great way to, um, engage people and, you know, just start a conversation with them. Social media is about having a conversation with your, you know, followers or potential customers, I'd also say, you know, play up the local angle in your content as well. We're constantly seeing that more local content that, you know, is relevant to consumers in your area is going to be beneficial because it's, you know, something valuable they can use that's applicable to their everyday life. Right. um, Which is great. This is great information. So let's say a doctor is responding, engaging with their patients. Is there anything specifically they should not say to the patients? Um, and, And what are those things in general? I mean, I think we always want to remain HIPAA compliant. So any, you know, any patient sensitive patient information, you shouldn't be posting on your social (laughs) media channels. Obviously, if a patient consents to doing, you know, a testimonial about your service, that's great. Just get their permission ahead of time. I'd also caution doctors to, you know, be aware of being preachy. Like you really just want to be, you know, more of like a trusted friend and an advisor not someone who's dictating to patients, like they need to do this or don't do that, but more offering them helpful suggestions that they can then make more informed decisions in their daily life. That's a good point. So this clearly takes a lot of time and energy, which doctors clearly do not have. Um, They're extremely busy people. So how can they get the same benefits of social media as everyone else without taking time away from their patients or, or overburdening their staff? Yeah. So again, like I said, I think a great way to approach social media marketing, you know, is to hire someone to help you do it. Here at Patient Pop, we offer a social media solution that's specifically designed for doctors of all specialties. Um, and we deliver content directly to the social media channels that, you know, matter most, Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. We offer 20 posts a month, so it's every weekday almost, um, with you know high quality images and appropriate hashtags. And you know this is what we do for a living, so we're constantly refining our strategy, following trends, and trying to make the content more tailored to not only a specific provider's business but also that specialty. So yeah, I think you know hiring some help is a great way to do this. Yeah, that seems significantly easier. Well, Claire, thank you so much for being here. I know you have a thousand things to get to, and we really appreciate this. So thank you again. Thank you. The Practice Growth Podcast is brought to you by PatientPop. PatientPop enhances and automates each touchpoint in the patient journey, from first impression online to digital booking to post-appointment follow-up. With PatientPop, healthcare providers can attract more patients, manage their online reputation, modernize the patient experience, and automate the front office. For more information, visit patientpop.com.